Good evening again. It'd be great if you could keep that uh, reading handy. And um, I'm going to pray for us uh, and ask God to help us to uh, hear what he has to say in the Bible tonight. Lord God and Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the Bible. Uh, We thank you that it is from you, that it is your word and your truth. And we ask now that you would enable us to understand it. And as we understand what it's saying, uh, for us to really search our hearts to see how we uh, might need to respond to it. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Christmas is coming pretty quickly. And uh, I love Christmas. Not I love Christmas, but I love Christmas. And, you know, when I think about Christmas, I think about this important truth. Are you ready? To give is better than to receive. Beautiful, isn't it? And that's pretty much what Christmas is about. I know it's a cliche, but it's true. It is better to give than to receive, or, or more traditionally, people might say it's more blessed to give than to receive. We live in a world now that keeps saying, kick it to me, kick it to me. So my message tonight is that at least at this time of year, Christmas, can't we be people who give instead of receive? And I'm sure, I'm sure that that if you do that, you'll see that it actually is better. Why? Well, when you give to someone, you know, when you give someone something really special, you know, that you've thought about, that you've agonised over, and you give to them honestly and sincerely without expecting anything In return, let me tell you, you'll experience the the, the deep warmth and the inner glow and the rich satisfaction that you have given simply for the happiness of another. It is an act of pristine beauty. It is everything good in the world condensed into one saintly act. And when you do give in this way, thoughtfully and selflessly for the pure enjoyment of another, even giving sacrificially in terms of the money that you've spent or your time you've spent looking and rapping and so forth, and when you see the joy and the happiness that it brings them, well, you'll experience how it is all worthwhile to give instead of receive for your heart your heart will dance with wondrous and indescribable delight and you will hear the whisper of the Christmas angels ringing in your ears that it is better to give than to receive. I have three words. Blah, blah, blah. That's right. I hope you were gagging just slightly as I was saying that because all that is utter, 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 utter rubbish. 
Is that not the biggest load of sentimental twaddle that you've heard? Certainly the biggest pile of verbal waste I've come up with lately. (laughs) I mean, does anybody, does anybody seriously, deep down, genuinely believe that it is actually better to give than to receive? I can't imagine anybody really believes that because it simply is not true, is it? Let me prove my point. A massage. Is it better to give or to receive? Money. Is it better to give or to receive? Warm chocolate mud cake. With a strawberry fan. Raspberry coolie. Double thick King Island cream on the side. Light dusting of icing sugar. Is it better to give or to receive? I rest my case. (laughs) And what's more, I'm pretty sure that you'd be hard-pressed to find anyone who doesn't feel at least a little peeved after you've handed around presents on Christmas Day and you're watching someone who you spent, I don't know, maybe $50, maybe $100, maybe $200 on. And you've worked really hard to find the perfect thing. And you watch them. You watch them opening their present. And they've they've received something they've always wanted that you searched and planned for, went to great expense, went to great trouble to get. And you watch as their unbelievable surprise turns to uncontainable excitement and then uncontrollable tears of joy. And you're sitting there with your seven pack of undies from Target or your soap on a rope. Tell me you wouldn't feel a little bit ripped off, as if you're sitting there going, and the give is better than to receive. No, you're not. <laughs> By the way, who does that? Who gives a seven pack of undies as a gift? What kind of people think, hmm, what should I get, Peter? I know, undies. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, my family... <laughs> And they're going to pay for it for the rest of their lives. <laughs> to, give, <laughs> to give is better than to receive hogwash. Okay, hogwash. And when it comes to Christmas, I don't think it's about that at all. In fact, I think it's quite the opposite, Christmas. I think at Christmas that it is better to receive than to give. Because Christmas is not about the gifts that we give to others. Christmas is about the gift that God gave to us. Uh, The Bible verse that was read out in your yellow, uh, little yellow uh, sheets that you're given as you came in the door, the first verse there is what I really want to concentrate on tonight. It is John chapter 3, verse 16. And it's what God tells us Christmas is all about. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave. 
his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This is actually the Christmas story. It's the Christmas story from God's point of view. God giving his one and only Son to the world as a gift. Now, I want to ask this question. Why does God give Jesus as a gift? And what kind of a gift is that anyway? Well, John 3.16 there says in, uh, that, uh, he, that whoever believes in Jesus shall not perish, but have eternal life. Verse 18 says, whoever believes in him is not condemned. So believing in Jesus means that you won't perish or be condemned. So God gives Jesus that we might believe in him and not perish. Of course, that also means that if you do not believe in Jesus, you will perish. Verse 18, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. And so my next question is this, why does believing in the gift that God gave, believing in Jesus, why does that mean that you do not perish? And why would anyone be in danger of perishing anyway? Well, the answer has to do with a little word, but a big problem, called sin. I know you're not supposed to say that these days, but I am, because God says it. The Bible tells us that all people have sinned. That is, all people have, have turned away from God, or ignored God, or rejected God, or have just put themselves above God. All those are ways of describing what sin is. People have not followed God as they ought. And God tells us that the punishment for ignoring him or rejecting him or putting yourself above him is death. Eternal death. So what difference then does Jesus and believing in Jesus make? Well, believing in Jesus is not so much believing that he was some cute little baby born uh, on Christmas Day a couple of thousand years ago. Believing in Jesus is about believing that he was God's son who was crucified. Now, in the verses prior to this, we didn't, I didn't uh, have them printed, but just in the verses prior to this in the Bible, it refers to this story in the Old Testament where God's people, uh, the nation of Israel, they were wandering around in the desert. And as they were wandering around in the desert, they were whinging and whining and moaning and groaning. And so God sent snakes um, among them, and people started dying. And the people then asked the leader of God's people at the time, a guy called Moses, uh, the, the people asked for the snakes to be taken away. So God said to Moses, what I want you to do is I want you to make a bronze snake and I want you to, to, to lift up this bronze snake on a pole. And if anyone gets bitten, they simply had to look at the bronze snake that had been lifted up on a pole and they would be 
saved or they would be healed. And that's what happened. That's in the verses just before verse 16. These verses are saying, John, are saying that in the same way that this snake was lifted up to save people, so the Son of Man, God's Son, Jesus Christ, he must be lifted up so that those who look to him, those who believe in him, would be saved too. Now the question is, what does it mean, what does it mean that Jesus is lifted up? Well, Jesus being lifted up refers to him being lifted up on a cross where he was crucified. Now, what difference does Jesus make? Why is believing in him so important? Well, when Jesus is lifted up to die on a cross, God tells us that he was dying not for his sins, but for our sins. Remember, God says the punishment for sin is death. And on the cross, Jesus took the punishment that we deserved for the sins that we had committed instead of us, in place of us. When he died, he took our penalty. And when he took our penalty, that meant that we could be forgiven of our sins. And you know what the result of forgiveness is? The gift of eternal life instead of condemnation. Now, why would God do such a thing? Why would God give a gift such as this? Well, again, in John chapter 3, verse 16, that first verse that was read, it says that God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Uh, it says in verse 17 that he loved the world, that he sent his son to save the world through him. Now, if you think about that, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, it's kind of outrageous, isn't it? It's kind of outrageous. Think about it slowly. God gave Jesus, who is his only son, to die. For us, for you, for me. Now, who does that? Now, who would do such a thing? Understand, Jesus wasn't some employee of God that he could do away with. He wasn't one of God's entourage. He wasn't even an enemy of God. That's who I'd send to die. <laughs> no, it was his son his one and only son it wasn't one of his many children it wasn't a spare child it wasn't even the naughtiest one no it was his only son that is outrageous is it not that is outrageous who would do that um we, we live in a world where there's lots of stories of, of sacrifice and people sacrificing their lives for others. And I might do that for you, probably not. <laughs> it's within the realms of 
very minute, remote possibility that I might give my life for you. But I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, without a moment's hesitation, I would never give one of my children's lives to you. That is for sure. No one does that. No one. No one, of course, except God. He gave his one and only son for you and me, and that is outrageous. It's so hard to grasp that sort of love, isn't it, that someone would do that? And that's why it says there in verse 16, for God so loved the world, because that love was so exceptional, if not enormous, Now, some people argue about whether so loved is talking about the degree of love, how much love God has for us, or the type of love that God has for us. You know, sacrificially giving your own child for the saving of others. I think it's actually a false distinction. It's got to be both in this case. You can't talk about the type of love that is so sacrificial that no one else does but God without talking about the degree or the enormity of that love. Only love that is beyond measure, that cannot be fathomed, would do such a thing. Only God would do such a thing. Only God would give such a one as his son. And what's so amazing is that God gives him as a gift He requires nothing of us. Jesus is not, as a gift, he's not earned or merited or deserved. We've done nothing to deserve that kind of gift. And in any case, if we did deserve it, it ceases to be a gift. But we've also got to understand it was a gift that we needed. Even if we didn't realise it. It's the gift... That when God thought of you, he went, they need Jesus. See, without Jesus, we all face the penalty of death and perishing and condemnation. Because all of us have sinned. And as any gift is... It's only useful if you accept it and receive it. And God desires that we accept his gift of Jesus by believing in Jesus and trusting in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins and for life eternal. God wouldn't have sent his own son to die if he didn't want you to believe it and to trust in it so that you could have life. Tonight, uh, you may be here uh, for the first time. You may be here. You might have been here a few times. You might have been here many, many times. But at this point in your life, you have not put your trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. You have not accepted the gift that God holds out to you by believing in Jesus. And I want to encourage you tonight that now is as good a time as any to put your trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. 
I want to say, do it tonight. Talk to someone tonight. Talk to the person that brought you tonight. Talk to one of the leaders here. Talk to me. I'll be hanging around for, for supper. You receive God's gift of Jesus very simply. You don't have to jump through hoops. You don't have to do anything. You can't do anything. You simply believe that Jesus died for your sins. And he rose again from the dead. The alternative, you know, if I may say so, is to not put your trust in Jesus. And that leads, as this verse says, John 3.16, at least to perishing. So if you haven't put your trust in Jesus, why don't you do it tonight? And it's so important if you do, as I said, to talk to someone about it. Those that have been confirmed and baptised tonight, they've done this. They have put their trust in Jesus. They've received God's gift. And I'm sure, pretty sure, every one of them would like all of you to do that too if you haven't done so. For those of you here tonight who already do believe and trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of sins, well, here's a gift that we must continually be reminded of so that we might be continually grateful. That's the right response, isn't it? To what we have received, the gift that we have received from God. So at this time of year, let's focus and remember God's gift to us in Jesus. And as we are reminded, let our hearts be so filled with overflowing thankfulness that we're kind of delightfully confused about whether to leap up in foot-stomping praise or fall on our knees in deep, humble gratitude. Both are appropriate. But we continue to receive the gift that God has given to us in Jesus by continuing to trust in him. Let me pray. Lord God and Heavenly Father, we do want to give you thanks and praise because you gave your son Jesus as a free gift so that through believing in him and putting our faith and trust in him, we can have forgiveness and life. Father, we ask that if anybody is in here tonight who has not yet done that, please move their hearts to do so. And for those of us here who have, please keep us trusting and please make us more and more thankful each day for your gift to us in Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.